Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Roden Fellows podcast. I'm your host, Ashton Edmonds, a senior mass media arts major from Clark Atlanta University. And today I am joined by two wonderful Roden Fellows, Marissa and Jonathan, and the legendary Bill Roden. Fellows and Bill, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Marissa Stubbs, a senior broadcast journalism student from Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Hey, everyone. My name is Jonathan Scott. I'm a third year broadcast journalism major from Brooklyn, New York, attending Hampton University. Uh, yeah, hey, everybody. I guess I'm the legendary <laughs> legendary Bill Roden from <laughs> Morgan State University. Cool, cool. So we have some great topics today. But before we get into that, how has everyone this week been so far? I've been good. Classes, I feel like it's down to the wire, like uh, midterms are now happening. So it's definitely been a lot with everything being virtual. But so far, I'm starting to adjust to the overload of work that I've been receiving. Definitely. I'm going to second that opinion. Definitely an overload of work. To anyone who thinks that these students are skating by during this pandemic, you are surely mistaken. These teachers are making us work for our degrees. Well, what do you, yeah, well, yeah, speaking of someone who's been out of school for 50 years, what are you guys supposed to be doing? <laughs> You're supposed to be working, right? <laughs> What's the complaint? <laughs> it is. It's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of work, though. They definitely overloaded us during this virtual setting. I can agree on that. So as we know it, October is the official month for homecoming. And this year, COVID has canceled everybody's homecoming for the most part. And, you know, this week, honestly, it would be a lot of HBCU homecoming weeks. So, fellows and Bill, could you just talk about the impact of not having homecoming this year on HBCU campuses? Right. I think homecoming is something that all HBCU students, parents, alumni, I think it's something that we all come together and it's like a big old family reunion. So I feel like not having homecoming, it's definitely one of those bittersweet moments throughout our my senior year. As far as just homecoming, because I know, like you said, Ashton, it would have been around homecoming this time. And I think I would have been ready to see a homecoming game. I would have been out there uh, eating at all the vendors. So it's definitely, like I said, a bittersweet moment considering that we don't have a homecoming. But I mean, we just have to adjust to, I, I would say, the new normal. Yeah, Marissa hit it on the head. Homecoming is basically a family reunion for everybody. So not having, you know, the food vendors, all the people that the other types of vendors selling clothes, all types of memor school memorabilia, Greek memorabilia, just, you know, the festivities is what, definitely what we miss the most. Um, yeah, well, I'm just curious. I mean, it's been years since I've been to my own homecoming, but I used to always look forward to going to uh, A&T homecoming now and then because, of course, they're supposed to have the best homecoming on earth. I'm just curious, what uh, you know, what were you guys doing this time last year for homecoming? Do you, do you remember? I mean, it seems like a mm -hmm. lifetime ago. I know for me last year, I was actually preparing for the homecoming Greek step show. It was just a lot. And also me being chapter president of my fraternity last year, I was, it was just so much I had to do. So I didn't really get a lot of fun time. I would say the only fun time I got was that one, it was one day where like the vendors and food was out. But other than that, I was really busy just preparing for the step show and just other events that I had to plan for. <laughs> I know last year around this time, FAMU, we have a thing called grads are back. And so that's where all the grads come back and really just teach us as students how to network and go into the journalism industry after post-grad. So I know I will be net networking right now and just trying to get my foot in the door and trying to meet new people. 
Yeah, networking is a huge, huge, huge opportunity at homecoming as well. I mean, you definitely have to take advantage of the alumni that come back, network with them, uh, people that are in your field or in the field, working in the field that you'd like to be. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely miss the homecoming vibe. I know last year, Hampton's homecoming, we had Pepsi and Essence uh, come. We had a great lineup of uh, artists and it was great, but I had more fun at I'd say Howard's because I wasn't working so much, <laughs> but it was, it was definitely a blast at both. Definitely. I mean, I know for me this year, I was like, well, I was actually planning to go on like a homecoming tour, like an HBCU tour. I was going to go to FAMU's homecoming, North Carolina A&T's, um, Howard's, you know, I wanted to experience those because, you know, it's all, you know, it's a competition between HBCU homecoming. So I definitely wanted to see what the hype was about at Howard. Um, cause I've been a family's homecoming before, but definitely wanted to go on the HBCU tour, but of course, you know, COVID canceled those plans and this year definitely feels incomplete without homecoming. I know one of the alumni from Clark made like a love letter to uh, homecoming and it was just so many, so much great feedback and so many people, you know, just saying how much that we needed homecoming this year because 2020 was just such a tough year and we needed to see people, to hug people. And, you know, it's just, I feel like we need a homecoming this year. We're doing a, a virtual homecoming next week, actually. We're having different events, like a virtual walk, 5K walk, a virtual wine tasting. We're having a crowning ceremony for Mr. CAU and Miss CAU. We're having an alumni speaker series and just other little events. Clark Atlanta is definitely pushing to have a homecoming, like a great homecoming this year. Yeah, at Hampton, I think what I've heard rumor-wise is that we may end up actually having a, a virtual football game to show the footage of last year's classic against Howard. So, I mean, you know, we should have won the battle of the bands. Our band was definitely, the marching force was definitely on point as well as our cheerleaders, but you know, we won the actual football game. So that's what matters. Not as good as the marching 100, but I mean, that's something we'll have to discuss another day. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Ashton, I'm just curious again, hey, hey. I'm a neutral observer, I'm, but you said that you went to FAMU's homecoming. Uh, yes. How was it? Was it was it lame or was it, you know? No, nah, I mean, so I went back in high school because I actually, I went to FAMU High School, which is like right down the street from the actual university. So um, like during, when we have our little high school homecomings, it's around the same time as FAMU's homecoming. So it was a no brainer for me to not go to the football games, to the tailgates and just experienced that whole every that whole homecoming while I was in high school. I haven't been while I was in college, but definitely when I was in high school, it was it was a blast. And family's homecoming is definitely a ten out of ten. We're gonna have to do a HBCU tour for sure. I, I like that. Yeah. Maybe we could do that in twenty twenty one. Definitely, definitely. A homecoming tour needs to happen. There you go. I, I think we, we you heard it here first on the HBCU part. We'll get a we'll get a bus. Right, we'll get like a bus. Just like college game day, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. And, when, right. and when each of us, you know, pull up to our own schools, we're the hosts. I love it. <laughs> I love that idea. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, it's on the record, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. Oh yeah, definitely. So I know voting is well. The election is approaching us on November third. What are you guys doing, like, or what are your campuses doing as far as like, you know, getting students registered to vote? and just helping them um, just be more informative about how to vote and everything like that. I know that this year will be like a first time thing for many students as far as voting. So, you know, what are you guys' campuses doing as far as that? 
Okay, um, so I know so far at FAMU, our football players, they actually um, – our Blake Simpson, he's the defensive back for us, and he led a march uh, labeled We Have No Choice. And so he led it to the Capitol, and which really enforced um, – encouraged voting amongst everybody at FAMU, amongst young students in the Tallahassee community. And so with that march, they plan to do another march, host another march to the polls in the November election. So I think that's going to – really encourage a lot of people to get out and vote. And especially just considering everything that's happening in 2020, you know, it's encouraging young people to get active. Yeah, I'd say similar, definitely similar um, effect on Hamptons campus as well. We've got our uh, head football coach, Robert Prunty. He actually got the uh, entire football team 100% registered to vote. I've got a visual coming out probably in the next week or so. So stay tuned for that. Definitely. It's a great story. So, so, and I know as far as uh, on Clark Atlanta's campus, they started a Your Voice, Your Vote social media challenge um, from October 1st to the 14th for registered student organizations to basically get the word out about voting and getting registered to vote, how to become a poll worker, and even developing a plan for casting a ballot. So I thought this whole social media challenge was very creative and innovative as far as what CAU was trying to do. Right. I especially think that's a great idea, considering that everything is virtual. You know, social media is a quick way to reach, I would say, us as students. That's true. Is there much excitement? I mean, I guess it's hard. Jonathan, I mean, who's on campus right now uh, between Ashton, uh, Jonathan and uh, Marissa? Uh, is I'm on campus. OK. All right. Yeah, we're, we're fully virtual. CAU is fully virtual. Oh, OK. Hampton's virtual as well. There, I mean, there's no visitors, no visitation on Hampton's campus at all, but I live in the apartments right next to it. So I, I keep those tabs. Is there much excitement among your friends? I mean, what are people talking about? You know, uh, so your age group, everybody's wondering, you know, is, is so your demographic going to turn out? There's been a lot of demonstrations and marches, but what are you guys talking about just among your your peers. I don't know about you guys, but I was 17 back when Donald Trump was elected. So this is actually my first time voting ever. So I know me and my friends, we just discussed, you know, like how we can make a difference. You know, every vote matters. So I think that's been just the main discussion between me and my peers. It's just how we need to really get out and vote and have our um, vote counted. Definitely. And I know like uh, I definitely agree with Marissa and everything that she said. It's been a lot of students actually like posting on social media that they have voted. So I feel like that's definitely encouraging more students to get out and vote. And I know at State Farm Arena in Atlanta, it only takes like 20 minutes to get voted, uh, like to vote and cast your ballot. So it's honestly like no excuse to not just go out and vote because it really doesn't take that long. And the lines aren't that long either, unless you go to like a church or something. But State Farm Arena is a whole NBA basketball arena, so it's like you're getting in and out. The fact that they're using an arena for that is great, honestly. A lot more places should definitely be doing that. But, um, I mean, yeah, definitely with the millennial generation, I I would say personally that people are realizing that their voice matters and that, look, this is the country that we're going to inherit in the future. So we literally need to plan now and enact what we the change that we want to see. Is this your first, for each of you, I mean, I, is this your first time voting? It's not my, I mean, I've been voting yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Yes, uh, yeah. first time voting. Yeah, this is this is my first time voting. I actually voted this past week at State oh, Farm wow. Arena. Yeah, I voted. I wanted to just go ahead and get it out the way. Um, 
because I begin like a lot of text threads, just different people texting me that I vote this, that, and the third. And so. I get about like 20 texts a day. It's crazy. Voting <laughs> It's crazy. Like, just random, random numbers calling me. Oh, really? Just telling you to vote? Uh, yeah, just asking me, am I registered? Uh, am I going to vote? This, that, and the third. So it's it's a lot. If I just checked in, you know, I, I don't know how many people, I just checked in casually just to make sure I was voting. I mean, I was registered. You know, I've been registered forever. And then <laughs> there was like some confusion. You know, like, wait a minute, you know, you don't, you're not showing up. I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, hey, voter suppression. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, I mean, you guys, you have to really stay on top of it, though. I mean. So I know um, COVID cases have been arising in both the NFL and college football. And it's it's been crazy. I know the Colts have, it was like seven COVID cases that happened this morning, but um, it was another report that came out that said four of those tests were false. Um, I know the Falcons just recently reopened their facilities, and I know that um, Alabama's head coach, Nick Saban, has caught in COVID, and you know he's trying to get back with his team. What are you guys' thoughts about this, about football coming back? Like, Do you feel like football can do the same thing that the, N- the NBA has done as far as like creating a bubble? Or what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think the NBA did a great job at just conquering COVID themselves and just ensuring that the players were safe in this bubble. You know, they couldn't even leave hotels. So I feel like we'll leave uh, hotels and facilities. So I definitely feel like the NFL could have took some pointers from the NBA and said, okay, you know, how are they conducting, um, how are they testing athletes? You know, what are they doing? What are they doing to making sure that these athletes stay COVID free? But during this time where we're like um, going through, you know, a pandemic, like it's very important that everyone is staying safe and healthy. So I definitely think that the NBA did a great job with just conquering COVID and with the cases going on, not just only in the NFL, but in the NCAA football, football, you know, is a big sport and it's a popular sport. It's one of the most popular sports. So they definitely should have handled this before football season even started. You know, what are we going to do to make sure this 53 man roster, you know, how are they going to stay safe? Yeah, I said strictly from a sport perspective, the NBA did a great job. But uh, when it comes to a sport like football, obviously, the rosters are going to be larger and you've got more moving parts. So it's automatically going to be a bit more difficult to create the same type of bubble setting for a football team. But I mean, the NBA, I mean, even international soccer, they barely even, I don't even think they stopped any games. They may have had like a month hiatus. And then after that, once people got tested, you know, they've got some, some fans back in stadiums already and, you know, leagues are going on strong overseas. So, um, I mean, I definitely think that football was a little slow, at least maybe the NFL was a little slow in getting, you know, mandates in order and whatnot. But um, I don't know, hopefully we can continue to see football. Yeah, I, I'm just, it's astounding to me when they you know, we look at ESPN and they show the games and they show like plays like Auburn with like, you know, packed stadiums, Florida, packed stadiums, all these students. I mean, I, it, I don't know. I mean, are people taking this, you know, people your, you know, your age, are people taking it seriously? Because I'm like looking at it and people, some students looking right at the cameras and kind of cursing at the cameras. It's almost like there's a defiance. And I don't know if that's just the the big schools, the HBC, you know, the, the PWIs. You know, I mean, what, what do you guys, you, you guys I have... Know. 
I know specifically FAMU, we, we don't have football going on right now, but across the tracks, FSU, they do. And, you know, the students are still tailgating. They're still having big old parties before the games and even after the games. So it's definitely like a difference between just seeing like how all these students at PWIs are still coming together, even though we're going through a pandemic and still partying and carrying on with their everyday activities. And speaking of Auburn University, we actually have a guest here today, uh, Kwame Dawkins, who is a senior student, fitness, conditioning, and performance major from Alabama. And Kwame, I just wanted to ask, what are students doing on campus and what protocols are being placed at Auburn University for not only students, but for athletes? Well, first, thank y'all for having me. Basically, some of the protocols that uh, some of the athletes, because I talked to one of the athletes, uh, one of the football players, and he said some of the uh, like protocols they do is obviously practice social distancing. Uh, they uh, they have to wear a mask everywhere they go uh, in terms of in the in the uh, weight rooms, off the field, whenever on the sidelines, they, they are required to wear a mask. And then I also asked, like, is there any way, because, you know, everybody touched the same football, so is there any way where they, like, basically – can be sanitized and stuff like that. And uh, he said basically where everybody just wear like gloves and stuff like that to avoid, you know, touching it with their own bare hands. The team meetings are spaced out. They said they also do get tested two to three times a week. And so, yeah, so I mean, that's basically some of the protocols that the athletes do to try to avoid contracting um, COVID. Do I feel as a student body, are we taking it seriously? Uh, the 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 direct answer is no. I do not feel like we're taking it that serious, and um, and you can kind of see it with some of the uh, the people going to like the bars and going to the to the strips, and they're not having any masks on, and it's just it's just kind of crazy because it's like hello people like do y'all not know we're in the whole pandemic, but it's one of the things where it's like I mean the the university can only do so much. Obviously, they give give out rules to enlist, so we can try to follow those rules to not contract COVID, but it's out of their jurisdiction. There's only what so much they can do. Overall, do I feel safe? Yes and no. It's, I mean, I do what I got to do to make sure that I do not contract it. So obviously I stay away. I, don't, I, do, not intend, I do not attend any football games or uh, no, anything because I, obviously I practice social distancing, et cetera. Overall, like I feel safe because I do the things that I need to do to make sure I don't contract it. But uh, overall, is it feel like it's a safe environment? Um, not really. So, like at Auburn, do you guys have like online classes and in person classes, or are they all just in person this year? Yeah. So, what basically what we did is the uh, the system that we have cho- that they have chose to do this year is uh some classes going to be online, some going to be in person, and some going to be blended, which is a mixture of both. I have two in-person classes and I have two online classes. Per, um, but luckily the university is required for every class to record their class, their lectures. So for students who don't feel comfortable with going to the in-person classes, they can, they're still able to basically, you know, see the lectures through the recorded um, lectures that the, the professors have did, so. And I know like Auburn is a huge university. So is how are the classes like are the classes like really spaced out or are you guys kind of still compact and still close together? Yeah, we definitely uh, we're definitely spaced out. Uh, they definitely make sure they implement the whole six feet rule and et cetera. Just overall, they, they're, they're doing their best. We have also have like a, a thing where we have to sh- like do a test every morning before we go to class to show if we are we're good to 
go to class or et cetera to make sure that we do not have COVID. Uh, we have to do it every single morning. So, and if you don't do it, that definitely will notify you to do it. So we make sure of that, and you cannot enter the classroom until you do it, until you show the professor that you have the uh, the green light in order to to come to class. So, I feel like that's that's a that's a it's a great it's a great tool that they have implemented within going to class. So. That's good, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, no. just giving more insight on everything like that, man. Appreciate it, and you know, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. So, as NCAA uh, basketball resumes, do you guys feel like this is a good idea or a bad idea? Well, I know basketball and football are two different sports, and they have two different. It's two different um, rosters, but I feel like basketball should not resume right now. I feel like they can wait it out until the spring because basketball, I feel like basketball is a kind of a spring sport in general. They play until March Madness and everything, so this sport could definitely wait it out. I can second that definitely from Rissa. I know one thing I'm looking forward to is Big Ten football. You know, Saturday, December 12th, we'll have Michigan against, you know, the other team down south, something Ohio State or something like that, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, that's definitely what we're looking forward to. Really? You don't think, I mean, aren't they nuts? I mean, how could you, how could you, how could you play and knowing that, I mean, people are like dropping like flies. I mean, what, how, how could you justify just for your entertainment? Is that, is that it? Entertainment rules all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess now so. ask questions and test people with it. Oh my God. What an attitude. <laughs> all right. But do you, I mean, you, you, you really think that they should be playing Jonathan? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't see why not. If they've got these, I mean, they have everything else. They really can't take anything else away from us at this point is what I, is the way I see it. We can't your life. What about your life? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with there being so many conferences, um, I feel like each conference can maybe – create like a bubble for their conference instead of like having teams travel to different states and cities. Um, but I definitely agree with Bill on like, just, you know, there's so many lives being taken due to this whole pandemic and it's just not worth, it's just not worth it in all honesty. So that's just my take on it. So as the NBA uh, came to a close this past week, um, the Lakers have secured their 17th championship and LeBron has gotten his fourth ring and fourth finals MVP. What did you guys think about the NBA bubble and just how everything played out? I think the NBA bubble taught us a lot. I feel like as people who love sports, basketball, football, whether you're any any sports fans that you uh, like, but I feel like it taught us, they emphasized police brutality. They pinpointed points such as social injustice, injustices. You know, they really just overall, I think the bubble kind of taught us a lot uh, just what we can learn about our current climate and what we're all going through. And I think they also played well, too. Congratulations to the Lakers for winning. I did want the finals to go to a game seven. I wanted to see the Heat battle it out a little bit more. But I definitely think the bubble went great. Yeah, definitely would have loved to see that good with seven game series. That would have been magnificent. But, um, you know, fair play to Jimmy Butler and the rest of the Heat. What we learned from... I mean, having the bubble and NBA back is just how badly over quarantine America, we missed sports in general. Like I know there was depression all over. And when we had NBA back, I mean, you've seen the commercials for the NFL, the lip syncing, some like, okay, yeah, football's back. Da, 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 da. We, 
sports are ingrained into the American soul and we need it to function. So, yeah, well, very part. I think we need to, I think we need to stay focused on the issues at hand. You know, people want to escape. Anyway, just to close it out, uh, I think the NBA, the final food to LeBron is the greatest of all time. He is, he is the GOAT, uh, you know, four MVPs, leading three different franchises to, to rings. Nobody did that. Not, not Kobe, not Magic, not Kareem. You know, no, I mean, nobody's done that. So in my book, uh, LeBron is the greatest of all time, as Ali would say. Thanks for listening to the Roden Fellows podcast. This show is produced by Marissa Stubbs. Special thanks to Tarika Foster-Brasby, Christina Buswell, and the ESPN Digital Audio content team. I am Ashton Edmonds, and I've been your host. Get all the HBCU 468 podcasts by subscribing to The Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Also, The Undefeated has officially released its first EP of original music entitled I Can't Breathe, Music for the Movement. You can stream it on all platforms. It includes an original song by Rhapsody featuring Bilal called Pray Mama Don't Cry. People Get Ready by Terrace Martin and Alex Isley featuring Robert Glasper. Strange Fruit by Jensen McCray. And Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology by Kedron Bryant. Join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a great week, everyone.